you're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I am a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Second health classes you missed episode of the year. Obviously, I've done some how's your head ones already. First of all, thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in to the latest how's your head episode. Again, it always just baffles me how much you guys love. No, it doesn't baffle me. That's like the wrong thing because I know that the guests that I get on are great and I know that the stories are great and I know that they're wonderful. But I just, when I started that episode idea, I didn't expect it to be even bigger than these ones. So I'm really stoked with that. I'm so happy. I've done probably five recordings now for the year. So I'm really banked up for How's Your Head. It's awesome. I'm feeling so good about this year. I don't know if you guys are. I'm kind of, It's that's a little bit of a lie. I'm like going up and down at the moment, but right now I'm feeling really good about this year. So that's, that is where we're going today is actually a bit of a similar vibe to last year. So those of you who have been listening um, for at least the last year will know I did the SMART goals as my first step last year. I've done my ins and outs as the first, or my ins, sorry, as the first step this year. And then last year I did my second episode for the health classes you missed was on sun safety. This year we are talking about melanoma. So last year's was more about sun safety, what UV is, what all UVB, UVA, what that means, what Milano 10 is, et cetera, et cetera. Today, we're honing in on one part of sun safety and we are talking about melanoma. So what sparked this? Well, besides the fact that I've kind of kept on with the same theme from last year, recently, Professor Georgina Long and Richard Scolia, now I did not fact check on how to say his name, um, but Richard Scolia, it sounds right to me, were both named Australians of the Year for their melanoma research. Now, they have saved literally so many lives all over Australia with their work. They uh, use immunotherapy or an immunotherapy approach that actually activates a patient's immune system, making melanoma a curable disease. So that is massive. I saw that and I was just so amazed and I was so grateful that people like that exist in the world. That is such a well, well, well-deserved Australians of the Year award. I think that's amazing. But in the same kind of thought, I also was like, well, I don't actually know that much about melanoma or what I'm looking for or if there's even a point in me looking myself. And I just thought, here's another bloody opportunity to promote skin checks to you guys. I posted on my story literally just then, but I have booked mine in for a couple of weeks time or next week or something. It's soon. It's coming up. Now, I do this every year, but even then I still, you know, you go, you're not necessarily sitting there being taught about all different types of skin cancers. It's just kind of a check. It's great to go and do it. But I thought, how can we learn more about this so that we are more aware of it? So today is kind of a no stupid questions kind of vibe episode. If you've been here for a long time again, you'll know what that means. Today's question is what is melanoma? Before we get into that, we're going to talk about the skin. 
the skin in general. Again, maybe some people really aren't aware of this. I didn't learn any of this until I went to university about the skin, about the layers of the skin. Obviously, we're not going to dive deep into too much of that today. It's more about the melanoma side of things. But to get a very basic understanding, let's talk about the skin. The skin is the largest organ in the body. That is such a fun fact when you're in primary school. People always think, oh my God, is it the heart? No, it's the skin. It protects us from injury. It helps us regulate our body temperature. And of course, it helps fluid loss within the body as well. Now, there are two main layers of skin, the epidermis and the dermis. And this is just one of those things where it's like, I get it, epidermis, dermis, but it's they're too similar. Like, just make the names real different for me. I don't know if anyone else feels that, but that's how I feel about a lot of sciencey things when all the names are really, really similar. I get it. I get one's above the other, yada, 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 but name them differently. Anyway, below both of these layers as well is another fatty tissue known as the hypodermis. So there we go. You see what I mean. But the epidermis is the top outer layer. And this is made up of sublayers that actually work together to rebuild the surface of the skin. So obviously when we get hurt or injured on our skin, this is kind of what's happening there. The two main ones, the two main kind of sublayers here are the basal cell layer and the squamous cell layer. Now, the basal cell layer is the lowest layer of the epidermis, and this contains basal cells and cells called melanocytes. So melanocytes produce a dark pigment called melanin. And if we listen to the sun safety episode last year, we'll know that melanin is what gives our skin color. Now, when our skin is exposed to UV rays or ultraviolet radiation, melanocytes actually make melanin to protect us from getting burnt, which is what generally causes us to tan. So that's when you hear that saying there's nothing healthy about a tan because that's just your body actually protecting yourself. And if you get past that point of the tan and then you end up getting burnt, obviously that's when we know there is a high risk of skin cancer. We're going to talk about that in a minute though. Now, when these cells also cluster together, this is when we get those little non-cancerous spots that we call moles. So that's the basal cell layer. Now, the squamous cell layer sits above the basal cell layer. So we know basal cell is the deeper one of the epidermis, the lowest layer, sorry, lowest layer, layer, what the hell? And then the squamous cell layer sits above that. The squamous cell layer also is the main type of cell found in the epidermis. So interestingly, basal cells that have matured actually move up into the squamous cell layer. And once they're here, they are known as squamous cells or keratinocyte cells. Now, squamous cells, though, are the main type of cell found in the epidermis. So epidermis, sweet, top outer layer. That's where our skin is rebuilding. That's the stuff we can touch and see, right? Then we've got the dermis. Now, the dermis sits beneath the epidermis and is made up of fibrous tissue, roots of hairs or follicles, follicles, follicles. You'll know, long-time listeners will know that I hate that word. Sweat glands, blood vessels, lymph vessels, and nerves. It is actually, the dermis is the thickest layer of the skin and is mainly made up of fibrous and elastic tissue. And that is what provides our skin with strength and with flexibility. So very basically, there's two of our skin layers. There's also an additional one called the subcutaneous tissue. That's the deepest layer, um, but we're not going to talk about that today. Now, let's quickly talk about the cause of melanoma. So with all that in mind, 
Melanoma is caused due to an overexposure to UV radiation. So ultraviolet radiation, too much of that, an overexposure. And importantly, this can come from the sun or it can come from artificial sources. So I'm thinking tanning beds. That's the first thing that comes to mind. They're actually illegal in Australia, and that is because of the extremely high risk of skin cancer that they have. Now, what this overexposure does is it permanently damages skin, and this obviously worsens with more and more exposure. And this can mean that the cells that grow in our skin are damaged, which causes them to grow abnormally and therefore increases the risk of developing melanoma. So to lump all of that together and explain that in a little bit more detail so it makes sense with what we've just spoken about with the skin, we're now going to talk about what melanoma is. And I hope we're following along okay here. So melanoma is the most dangerous type of skin cancer. It is not the most common but it is the most dangerous. Now, the most common is basal cell carcinoma, which is a non-melanoma skin cancer. But melanoma is considered the most dangerous because, or the most serious, I guess, because it is more likely to spread to other parts of the body if it's not detected early. And again, there's just that importance of skin checks. So what happens is it starts in our melanocytes, which are the cells that make the pigment that give our skin its color. We talked about that at the start. So we know that the melanocytes are found in the basal cell layer. That is in the epidermis, which is our top outer layer of our skin. So that makes sense, right? It's penetrating our skin because it's the top layer. That's where the melanocytes are present. And that is where melanoma can start. Now, the pigment is called melanin, which we have touched on in other episodes. And generally, melanoma occurs in parts of the body that have been overexposed to the sun, like we just talked about. But it can sometimes, rarely, I will say, but sometimes occur in parts of the body that haven't. For example, melanoma has been found in the sinuses or in the digestive tracts of people. Now, very, very important, if you are from Australia, if you are one of my Australian friends, Australia has the highest melanoma rates in the world, in the world, everywhere. Out of everyone else, we have the highest rates of melanoma in the world. Our sun is hot, guys. It is hot. Literally everyone who comes here gets sunburnt. And as someone who doesn't burn easily and has eczema, I grew up literally never wearing sunscreen. I hated it. Sunscreen is very, very reactive to eczema. It makes your skin sting. Anyone who has eczema will feel my pain on this one. And I also have skin that is naturally a little bit olive. So I never, never really burnt. It has cooked my skin. And now I am noticing at the ripe old age of nearly 27, I've got sunspots. I'm getting new freckles literally every time I'm out in the sun. And I really, really just wish I had been more vigilant. So if you're younger than me and you're listening to this, it is never too late. Even if you're older than me, it's never too late to start being serious about your skin and skin cancer risks and all of that. And it's definitely not too late to go get your skin checked. So make sure if you're younger than me, do it now. I'm telling you from the future, future you, do it now. And if you're older than me, do it now. 
end of story. Now, according to Melanoma Institute Australia, one Australian is diagnosed with melanoma every 30 minutes. And it is estimated that 1,300 Australians will die from melanoma this year. That's approximately one person every six hours, which is terribly sad. And terribly sad when it's something that we can prevent and we should be actively trying to prevent. It is also, interestingly, the most common cancer in those Australians, not everyone, but Australians aged 20 to 39. So this is not just impacting people later in life. I know when I used to think about skin cancer, it would be like, oh, an old person who's, you know, had a cut in their nose and they've gotten obviously something removed out of their nose because it was skin cancer or blah, 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 blah. No, it is impacting those between the ages of 20 and 39. So if you're anywhere near my age, that's us. That is us. So you might be sitting there at 26, like me, thinking, man, I don't really need to go get checked yet. But you do. Yes, you do. And this is not to scare anyone. But you know, you know that my whole thing is just we are better off being knowledgeable, knowledgeable, knowledgeable about our health. We are better off knowing about it, especially when it comes to melanoma. Because as I said before, if you've got it, it's curable but you need to detect it early because it can spread to other parts of the body and cause cancer in other parts of the body. Some good news though, which I just talked about. If it is caught early, 90% of melanomas can be cured by surgery. So 90% is pretty good bloody odds. If you catch it early, 90% of melanomas can be cured by surgery. Alrighty, let's talk about different types of melanoma because there are a few subtypes and I might absolutely butcher these terms, but I'm going to give it my best go. Again, we're just kind of touching on these. So the first one is superficial spreading melanoma. And this is really common in those under 40. It can start as a new brown or black spot that grows or like a mole that changes shape or color. And of course, it's dangerous when it invades the dermis. Number two is the nodular melanoma. And this is usually found in people over 65 years of age. This is characterized by a raised lump that is pink or red or brown or black and feels quite firm to touch. This is also usually found on the head and neck. So this is probably what I had been thinking of uh, maybe when I was saying about old people kind of having spots on them. Number three, lentigo maligna melanoma. I hope I got that right. This is usually found in people over 40 years of age. It begins generally as a large colored spot, mainly on a person's face, ears, neck or head. So again, might be what I was thinking about before. Number four, acral letiginous melanoma. This is actually a really rare type of melanoma that affects people over 40 years of age. It appears colorless or like a really lightly pigmented spot on someone's skin. It might look like a stain or a bruise of some sort. And it's actually most commonly found on a person's the like the sole of their feet or their palms of their hands which is quite interesting number five is desmoplastic melanoma and this is also a rare type it generally impacts people over the age of 60 this one starts as a firm lump that can often be mistaken for, for scarring so this can be really really difficult to diagnose because of this because people might look at it and go oh it's just a scar or something like that so there we go five types superficial spreading melanoma if you're under 40, it's most common for us, all right? Nodular melanoma, generally over 65s. Lentigo, malignant melanoma, over 40s. Acral, 
vertiginous melanoma is a rare type that affects people over 40s. Same as desmoplastic melanoma, it's quite a rare type and it generally impacts people over 60s of age. Moving on now, let's talk about risk factors for melanoma. The first and most obvious one is UV radiation. This is in particular a pattern of short, intense periods of sun exposure or sunburn. So that's more like when people go on holidays or they go out and tan every weekend, right? Or you're sitting in the sun or you're working outside or whatever it is, really short, intense periods. So your skin can generally get used to your environment. If you're outside or you're born in a particular area that's quite hot and sunny, it's not to say that you shouldn't wear sunscreen because you should, but you're more likely or the, the risk factor is higher for those who are going out and actively lying in the sun for those short, intense periods. And their skin may not necessarily be used to it, if that makes sense. That is what I have done my whole life. I have always done that. Weekends, summertime, gone on holidays, being in the sun. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. I'm sure that's quite common. Another risk factor for melanoma is if a person has lots of moles and let's just quickly determine the difference between freckles and moles because I was seriously so concerned when I read that lots of moles constituted 10 or more above the elbow on the arms or more than 50 on the whole body. I was thinking, oh my God, I have got literally a million, but no, I've got a lot of freckles. I probably only have four moles on my entire body. The difference here between moles and freckles is that moles are generally a bit more raised. They can be flat, but there's generally a bit of difference there while freckles are completely flat. So you can't actually feel the freckle if you touch over your skin. Freckles are also usually just brown in colour, whereas moles can be, you know, brown, pink, black, the same colour as the skin, even sometimes like a tinge of blue or grey. And interestingly, moles are genetically determined. So this means that you are more likely to have moles if your parents have moles, blah, 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 blah. And they can grow on absolutely any part of the body as well. The similar thing to moles and freckles is that the colour associated with them is due to the presence of melanin that, of course, we know is formed in the melanocytes that has appeared or darkened with sun exposure. So this kind of process there is the same, but freckles aren't usually the ones that we need to be worried about. Even pre-existing moles aren't really as much of a problem. It's more the new lumps and spots on your skin that develop over time that are more likely to be cancerous. However, on that, if you are someone who has lots of freckles, so I'm not necessarily a super, super freckly person. I do have quite a few and I've noticed more as I've been more and more in the sun. If you are genetically blessed with lots of freckles, you are at greater risk for skin cancer. So that is, there's a kind of link there, of course, where if if you're a freckly person, you are at a higher risk of skin cancer. Now, some more risk factors are lots of moles with irregular shape or uneven color. Of course, we need to notice the changes there. Pale, fair or freckled skin, like I just touched on. So someone who burns easily as well. Light-coloured eyes or red hair can also be a risk factor for melanoma. Of course, family history, so a genetic predisposition, and weakened immune systems. Signs and symptoms. Let's talk about those nice and quickly. Now, this is hard because you can look at something and you're like, I am sure that's it. I am sure that that is melanoma and I've got skin cancer. If you have ever been like a little bit freaked out, I've definitely done that in the past where I've seen a new spot and I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And then it 
it's not that. It could be this really inconspicuous tiny dot somewhere else or the thing you were originally worried about was absolutely nothing. I actually spoke to someone about this topic the other day and they said to me, I have all these like spots and blah, blah, blah on my body. And the one thing that the skin check doctor made sure that I was keeping an eye on was a literal tiny little spot on their toe. So it was like, there's all these other things going on in your skin, but it might be the most inconspicuous one, which again is why it's best to go get checked once a year, more if you're worried about it. But here are some signs that we can all look for. First one is a new spot or a change to an existing mole. So as I said before, the new spots are the more worrisome ones than the old ones or maybe the ones you were born with. But it is also really important to make sure that that if there is a change in a mole that you've already got, um, that is, you keep an eye on it, you know? You want to look for larger spots. Generally, um, in saying that, the person I spoke to said it was a small spot. So again, making sure we get checked. The colour is also really important to take note of. So whether it's blotchy, whether there's like different depths of shade of colour, anything like that, whether there is a shape or a border. So whether, you know, it's irregular, that's kind of scaly, there's two halves to the mole that look different, things like that. Whether the molar spot is itchy or it bleeds really easily or whether it's elevated. So this could be like a raised nodule. It could be red or brownish in colour. So let's just say that you have gone to the doctor and you're like, all right, I actually am a little bit worried about this certain lump, blah, blah, blah. You go see a skin specialist. What actually happens? You'll go have your physical examination. So if you are a male or you don't have breasts, you will generally just stay in your underwear. Everything else is off. And then if you are a female, you have breasts, um, you will just be in your underwear and your bra. They basically just have a look over your skin. If there is something that maybe they're worried about, Uh, they will do something called an excision biopsy. And this is where a person will go under local anesthetic. Their skin will be removed, including a part around the skin. And then that sample is examined in a lab for signs of cancer. Of course, this can take a few days. So it's important that you are, if you are someone who is nervous or worried, you need to talk to someone about it. Um, especially if you're going through something like this or this is what happens after you go get your skin checked, make sure you tell someone, you talk to someone about it. Now, of course, if it is cancerous, they may do other tests just to determine that nothing has spread, for example. This could include things like general blood tests, maybe a chest x-ray, an ultrasound, MRIs, CT scans, bone scans, lymph node biopsies, all of those things. And then if treatment is needed further, this can include a few different options here. So surgery, of course, is the main one. Uh, You remove the skin around the melanoma and the melanoma. This is actually known as the margin of safety. So you might find that a lot more skin is removed than you would think. This just prevents melanoma growing back in the same site. So they actually remove a fair bit around where the site is just in case for future. Of course, another option is chemotherapy. Chemotherapy destroys cells while doing the least possible damage to normal body cells. This can be done through tablets or through intravenous methods. So this does not usually cure melanoma. So if you're at the point of chemotherapy, it's not necessarily that it's going to be cured. Um, So that's the importance. People can go in remission, but it's the importance of detecting skin cancer early. Once again, radiotherapy is another option. Biological therapies are also options. There are a few more here, but those are the main ones. Now, I know that was a bit more of a serious 
uh, part and this whole episode is quite serious in nature, to be honest. But the good news is that there is a very, very high survival rate of melanoma. Obviously, everyone has a different medical history and a different story. So please make sure um, if you're ever in that situation, you seek help, you find people that you can speak to and confide in, and you also get regular bloody skin checks. Do it. All right. A little bit about prevention before we finish up on this episode. Now we know the slip, slop, slap, slip, slide, slip, slop, seek, slip, slide, <laughs> slip, slop, slap, seek, slide. That is what I meant to say. I've written slip like 10 times. That's fine. Uh, if you want to know more about prevention, please head to the sun safety episode that I did this time last year. I did a massive explanation on sun safety and UV, UVA, UVB and how all of that works. So that is on there. We also spoke about Milano 10 and whether that is good for you, yada, yada, yada. So make sure you go back and have a squeeze of that. I actually will put the link to that episode in the show notes for you guys. Final little cue here. Is there a safe way to tan? What if I want to get a tan? I touched on this at the start, but according to the Melanoma Institute, no. No, there is not. There is not a safe way to tan. And to be honest, I'm sad about it too. I love lying in the sun. I love feeling a little bit crispy. I like going in the sun, going hanging out at the beach. I've never really been too worried about any of this kind of stuff. But the Melanoma Institute actually describes having a tan as your skin sending you an SOS. It's actually your skin cells are in trauma. You're in like a self-preservation mode. Your body's like, nah, we do not like this. This is not good for us. It is actually really bloody good to call out brands or anyone else on socials or anything like that for promoting tanning, whether that is on a sunbed, on an illegal little solarium there, or just outside in the nature. I'm not saying that you have to stop what you're doing. Everyone has a choice. Uh, this podcast is all about making sure that you are just aware of your health so you can make the right one for yourself. That might be different for you, but it is, it's not healthy. It really isn't at the end of the day. I guess, you know, you can fake tan now too. That exists. Fake tanning exists. There's probably a whole other episode on the potential harms and the bloody chemicals in that too, but we're not focusing on that today. And also, side note, if anyone has a tan-friendly, eczema-friendly option, please send that my way. I would love that. But yeah, to finish off that little section, no, there really isn't a safe way to tan. So make sure you take care of your skin, get your skin checked, be mindful of the sun, avoid exposure as much as you can. That might just be putting on a few more layers. You don't need a tan to be hot. Embrace your bloody natural skin color if that's what you need to do. Go and check out the Sun Safety episode for more information. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. I can't wait to do 2024 and continue on with you guys. I hope that you feel more informed about melanoma and the risks of lying out in the sun for too long. Love you guys so much. See you later. Hey team, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It would be a huge help for me and the health classes you missed if you could like, follow or subscribe wherever you are listening. And of course, if you want to keep learning and stay up to date with me, make sure you come and follow me at the health classes you missed on Instagram or THCYM and How's Your Head on TikTok. I've actually got two TikTok accounts now. So make sure you follow both of those to get all of that content. Thanks guys. See you later.